Hello, writers. This is a podcast about NaNoWriMo, where we get you ready for November. I'm Christina Horner. I'm Liz Leo. And this is How to Win NaNo. As a reminder, Christina and I are not actually affiliated with NaNoWriMo in any way. We've just won a lot. So earlier this season, we had an episode about how to start a novel. We are nearing the end of November and thought it might be apt to uh, close the loop on that topic and make an episode about how we end stories. Yeah, and I think this is something that less people get to which yeah. is ending and and I think the cool thing is we're talking about ending a story which is partially a novel but also you may have written a bunch of short stories so mm-hmm. understanding how to end a story in general is I think th- something that's complex and something that's talked about less because it can not everyone gets to the end and that's fine too yeah but it's good to be prepared yeah when and you do. I mean honestly depending on where you're at emotionally and physically with your story <laughs> uh how do I have my story might be more of like a metaphysical question <laughs> like how on earth do I ever get to the end of my story how well yeah because you know there's planners there's plansters and there's pantsers and I so I know sometimes I don't plan sometimes up to the end I think we've discussed before that Oftentimes, I don't really know where the ending is going to be. And so, so terrifying I know. <laughs> it is terrifying. There's going to be many people like me who have started their novels and don't know where it's going to end. So I think hopefully this episode helps a little bit. Yeah. And we've both ended stories and we both ended novels. So. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think one of the um, pitfalls of NaNo mm-hmm. is that it can sometimes have the tendency to lead to many sort of half-written drafts because oh, 50,000 yeah. words does not generally a, a full novel make. Um, and so uh, <laughs> it might be that this is something you've literally never encountered because you just have a bunch of half-written novels like me um but <laughs> i've ended two or three i don't know how many Sorry, I've something I've act- like that. i've actually ended quite a few because i've done a few that i wrote over multiple nanos and i've yeah. like gone on to write more than fifty thousand words to actually get to the end of a novel but basically uh if and when you find yourself in the situation of having a story that is nearing its ending yes uh, hopefully this episode will be helpful just sort of to arm you with some ideas and yeah. tips and just kind of what how, to avoid yeah how to approach uh finishing your story so i guess i want to start with you know the main the main thing is and i think you actually said this in a good way uh before we started talking about this but resolution yeah resolution basically there is a main problem in every novel Mm -hmm. that should for the most part be solved by the end of it you you worded it better than that the way i was thinking is that like my favorite endings are ones that feel like they've answered and earned the question or earned that answer for the question asked of the novel Mm. and yet give you just enough new information to make you want to maybe reread the novel in a new light because something has been either revealed or learned or changed that make it now interesting to go back and look at what happened. Yeah, like were the clues there the whole time? And it doesn't even have to be a mystery. It could be about character growth. Or um, it doesn't have to even be a twist. But like some sort of new change or information makes it that much more interesting to go back. Like I love, uh, we always go back to TV, but sometimes I love 
going back to watch a TV show where you're like, oh, that character is going to end up the CEO, but he's starting in the mailroom, you know, that kind and of thing. And you growth. can see the like yes. building blocks that yes. got that character there. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's tough because on the one hand, you want there to be closure. You want to feel as though the problems um, that you went into the novel with have been solved. But that's not to say that you can't leave unanswered questions. No. Because you want your reader to feel closure, but you don't want to wrap up everything so perfectly that it's mm-hmm. almost like, boring yeah that know? goes into something that I was thinking about which is like how to make an ending not feel cheesy yeah or unearned so like uh if you wrap up your challenges too quickly mm-hmm. that can make it feel cheesy if it's too easy to reach that change or finish the challenge like if you rush it that can be a way to feel like oh this this is just like they needed to finish the book I guess right well the other thing too is that I think something that makes a book sticky for a reader yeah. is having it be in your head after uh-huh. you're done reading. And exactly. if you wrap everything up, then there's nothing for the reader to continue thinking mm-hmm. about and ruminating over. So it's like you do want to leave some unanswered questions and some thing for your reader to decide for themselves, you mm-hmm. know? Um, like, obviously, you don't want that to be like a gaping plot hole, but maybe there's some, like, larger questions that it, that your novel is kind of asking that your reader will go on to continue to think about yeah Um, and that's the kind of thing that makes readers go on to recommend that book to other readers if it's because they want to talk about it yeah exactly yeah exactly um I also think that there's a situation opposite because it's usually how it is you can go to both sides of the spectrum Mm -hmm. where you can draw on an ending too long and I know we don't like to bring her up but since I'm fine bashing on JK Rowling (laughs) uh I like the end of the Harry Potter series she could have just stopped she didn't need an epilogue oh gosh yeah know when to edit and when to stop it's maybe a little bit sooner than you think and maybe you can write that ending and then realize you need to chop it up and or like you know chop off that tail and end a little sooner you know I hadn't even considered epilogues as part of this um, episode it's a really good point um kind of jumping ahead but um you know most books don't need an epilogue no not all Um, of them and I think if you are considering including an epilogue like really ask yourself why you know like is there some benefit to showing a jump in time because epilogues generally are a jump in time yes to make some statement on something that has happened since the end of your novel. Yeah. Um, it's actually something that I haven't put a lot of thought into, like why and when it's like appropriate or um, like Yeah, the value. jump in time is, I think it, honestly, I personally think it is most appropriate when it's a lighthearted novel. Yeah. Or like, you know, those movies that are like, where are they now? Yeah. And it's sort of funny and silly in the end. But like also I think the other area where it's appropriate tends to be uh, sort of more highbrow or serious literature seems yeah. to be where the most epilogues are. Well, and I could see, like, if your character has, like, I don't know, this is just, like, something that popped into my head. Like, if your character, if you, if there's, like, something about, like, your character really wants to be a mother, but the book mm. isn't about them becoming a mother, mm-hmm. maybe it would make sense to have, like, a jump in time to their child's first, first birthday to give the reader the comfort that, like, they did go on to be a mother or whatever. Yeah. Like, something like that where it, like, it adds, like, a little, like, feel good. Like, I feel like epilogues are usually feel good. Yeah, actually, I just remembered another novel I finished where I did write an epilogue and the novel is about um and you know for cliche as cliche can be but like the girl has meets this man who's her future husband who comes from the past because she died in the future and they're like starting the relationship in this weird way and then like she and she's just dealing with this rough time in her life and he helps her sort of through it 
mm-hmm. um, to sort of become, he helps her become the person, which now this sounds creepy, helps <laughs> her become the like cool person that he will eventually meet. Yep. I wrote this in college. Yeah. Uh, we, we now reflect on our choices. But in the end, the epilogue was like months later where she meets him or months or even years later where she meets the current version of him in like mm-hmm. a very quick like she goes to a bike shop and is like, hello. And that's like the ending. And it's kind of funny because it's like that's also technically the start. Which is also story. technically the so start. So I like yeah. that because it kind of gives it this yeah. like full circle. Like, Minus the sexist uh, undertones of my college yeah, well, self. You know, it's fine. Yeah. I think you made a really good point. Epilogues are best used when you need that jump of time to show that new perspective or that new bit of information or yeah. twist. Like everything worked out yeah. or like the or, changes like worked and like. Yeah. But like I think you should be very careful about it because as you said, wrapping everything up in a bow like in Harry Potter is not satisfying because Mm-mm. in a way you want a little bit of mystery. You want people to guess uh, what's going to happen. I think that's what's really fun about especially fantasy novels that you get really into. Well, and I think like, yeah, like giving the Harry Potter, I mean, I am I am very outspokenly a huge uh, hater of the Harry Potter epilogue. And I think it's because some of that takes some of the agency away from the reader of yeah. being able to make their own dis- decisions on what they think might happen. Because there's, there's nothing in that epilogue that actually like adds anything to, to the, the existing story. Yeah. It just like makes a bunch of decisions for you that it's like the like the author just wanting to be like I own these characters and I'm going to tell you what happens yeah, to them exactly when like, like that epilogue wasn't earned because like I don't know what if we want to write fan fiction you said <laughs> yeah. something so genius which is like don't take away the agency from the reader yeah to be able to bring their own thoughts to your novel or to your story. So I have some tips that just hit along this, which is like avoid making everything either super good or super bad. Yeah. I mean, I think it's sort of fun to actually make things all awful, but like in general, do it extremely sparingly. But also like, what are you trying to get across with this ending? Do you feel the message that you were trying to do in making this novel hit? Take a look at where all your characters have um, like ended up. What is their journey and arc? They don't all have to be at the end of their arc. Usually the main character is. Depends on if you're having a series or additional books. But like they should have like if you think of each character having this like rainbow arc that they travel along, all of the characters should have moved somewhere along that arc. Yeah. And if they haven't, maybe it's not the right place for the ending or you need to do some rewriting. And lastly, I think I just touched on it. Are you planning a sequel or series? Yeah, I think that's actually a great segue to something I was going to talk about, which is twists and cliffhangers. Yeah. Um, And I was actually thinking about it, like what's the difference between a twist and a cliffhanger? And I think that the a twist can kind of happen at any point in the novel. Yeah. Um, And a cliffhanger is obviously at the ending of well, a chapter have, or a yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think also, I think if you're going to do a twist ending... Yes. Um, generally that's in like a standalone novel where you've just sort of like subverted the expectation of the reader. Whereas a cliffhanger is a setup for the next book. Generally. That's fair. I do think I've like, I've talked about it with like Brandon Sanderson and Mistborn. Like you've talked about it with Brandon Sanderson. No, I've talked about if only (laughs) I have met him. Just casually name dropping Brandon Sanderson. I have met him and he's wonderful. And (laughs) uh, you didn't talk about twists and no no sorry I bet we've talked about Brandon Sanderson <laughs> and Mistborn 
and how the end of the first novel is both sort of a twist and a cliffhanger. And I actually think it may come in an epilogue because I remember finishing it and messaging (laughs) a friend and being like, this is great. And she's like, did you read the epilogue? I'm like, oh, no, I didn't. And then I read it and I'm like, where's the next book? My God, I'm going to burn down Oregon until I get this book. Um, So I, I actually was thinking that maybe like a twist and a cliffhanger are sort of the opposite things mm-hmm. where cliffhangers withholding information and a twist is oh, giving you new information interesting you can like combine that. them you can give new information and then suddenly withhold the fallout or what have you you can combine it but like I, I do like looking at them as opposites yeah so I guess like when I hear the word twist I think of like the classic endings to like every goosebump book <laughs> yeah where it's like the twists in goosebump books are usually like the plot has still been resolved but like oh there's this other thing that wasn't what you thought mm-hmm, it was, you know, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing, but it never like goes anywhere. It's just like, oh. Well, yeah, I think like when you think of twists as like M. Night Shyamalan, it can get a little cheesy. And mm-hmm. I think twists can get cheesy when they feel unearned because there's yeah. nothing that has been building up to making that twist actually seem either relevant or possible. Yeah, and actually that's what I was going to say is yeah. that if you do a twist, because twists are fun, like yeah, they're surprising. I love them. Like I think oftentimes a twist is like one of the reasons you love a book and then it's hard to explain to people why you, you love that book because you don't want to spoil yeah. the twist. Like part of what makes that book great was being surprised in such a way. But I think what makes that work is that, as you said, it's believable and it's earned. So mm-hmm. if you're going to have a twist, you do really have to make sure that you've planted clues along the way to sort of get your reader there so that mm-hmm. when it happens, even though they're surprised, they're like, <gasps> Oh my, like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I, I should have see- seen it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas a cliffhanger, I think, like you said, is like you're given just enough of something mm-hmm. that you're like, well, we just wrapped that up and now I have a million more questions and you need yeah. you like need the next book immediately. So what yeah. I like about cliffhangers, because people like to hate on cliffhangers because they're I love like cliffhangers. They're so mad, but like they're so mad that like, oh, I need it now. But I think it's more like people love to hate cliffhangers. I think so too. Totally. So like a cliffhanger, what I love about it is that it's actually like, you know, you know, like kids books, how it's always like, we're going to give you like a chapter from the next book at the end. Yeah. Like Series I, and Fortune events. I totally. almost feel like that's sort of like a similar function mm-hmm. of a cliffhanger because I feel like a cliffhanger is usually giving you like a nugget of the setup for the next book. Yeah. It's like a cliffhanger is not a cliffhanger so much as like, here is why you want to stick around and yes. like follow the rest of this yeah. You series. could technically end a one-off book on a cliffhanger if, you were, if your intention was to have the book feel discordant or yeah. dis- like a disjunction in the story or maybe uh, like it is a narrative that is untraditional yeah but I would say in general to please the most audiences cliffhangers are best used in series yeah yeah totally and I mean I feel like that's why cliffhangers are so effective at the end of chapters or the end of like like a commercial break in a Mm -hmm. tv show because like there's sort of this natural stopping point where someone might like walk away and get distracted or close their book for the night and if you if you're like oh I'm just gonna read one more chapter and then you get to the end and it's like what then you have to keep reading. Yeah. And so it's 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 a very good, effective tool. You made me realize this is why I think twists and cliffhangers go hand in hand despite them being opposites is because if you end something on a cliffhanger, like a novel, you have to probably have in mind that you're going to have a satisfying resolution of the cliffhanger yeah. when you return. 
because there's nothing worse than ending something on like a dramatic note and then coming back and being like, it was a dream. It's all fine. Nothing's wrong. Or it was so easily resolved. Then it's not a satisfying cliffhanger. So do think about if you're ending with a cliffhanger, what your next resolution is going to be. And you don't have to figure out right away, but you have to make it satisfying. And that's why my favorite endings go twist into cliffhanger. Twist can be a raising of the stakes that then leads you into expansion of the world or expansion of the um, problem space. Yeah. And then when you have the cliffhanger, it's like, okay, everything's changed. And now here's this bit of new information. Yep. End scene. (laughs) Totally. No, I love that. And I love what you said about, you know, like in the first book, it's like, okay, we've gotten to the end of this problem. It Mm -hmm. seems like everything's good. And then a twist really is like, nope, it was a bigger problem than you even thought. New problem or like bigger problem has expanded. Yes. Problem is like bigger than just you. There's like another villain. There's like a new, like there's so many ways that you can do this, but it like, yeah, it takes what you thought was complete and it just like makes it bigger. And you don't have to end things that way. No. Um, You can definitely wrap things up, but like uh, thinking of some endings that I like, again, uh, do not like the author of this, but like the ending of Ender's Game. Um, mm. Definitely read that book in the sense that it is a extremely interesting piece of science fiction. Yeah, and check it out at the library. Yeah, it's fine. yeah. <laughs> don't don't spend money on on that author. But the ending of that really changes how you look at the previous story. Also, Fight Club, which yeah. I feel like at this point, if you don't know the conceit of Fight Club, like yeah. But that's and that's a the twist. Like, that's, that's a twist. That's yeah. yeah. That's definitely a twist. Um, but yeah. like I was trying to think of novels where like uh, the ending makes you rethink and want to like you want to reread Fight Club when you finish it because right. you're like, wait, I need to now see. I need to reread all of this and see, or like uh, again, The Sixth Sense yeah. as, as an as a movie. Like, we Were Liars by E. Lockhart is another good one. Okay. I don't know if you've read that, but um, there's a there's a twist in that one that I won't go too in depth no. about. But it's like. That's one of the books where the second I finished it, I was like, I need to read this entire yeah. book again because it's like knowing what you know when it ends, it's like an entirely different yeah. book. Also, one of my favorite um, conceits of endings is when you find out the um, narrator is unreliable. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So like Lolita, I was obviously super naive in college when I read it and I got to the end. I'm like, oh, Humbert Humbert is a liar. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't see this earlier. Now I can reread it and think like, oh, everything he said is funneled through his own head and he's awful totally i think the basic eight which is a daniel handler book is another good one where you like don't realize just how unreliable the narrator is Mm -hmm. until you're a good way in yeah um the last thing i was gonna say is just and this is just kind of like a reminder like most books have themes there's themes (laughs) that you explore throughout the novel um good idea there should be some like I don't even want to say statement because that feels too... Like there's um, not a moral. Like, no, that it doesn't. Because that sounds cheesy and prescriptive. But like there should be something, there should be some acknowledgement of the themes in the end. Like does your character yeah. have a new understanding or appreciation of like whatever themes you've been discussing? Yeah. Like have you like subverted what you thought you were saying about the theme? Or like just something that kind of like brings it back to, mm-hmm. to like kind of tie it together. Yeah, most of the novels that I've written that I finished have ended with a character making a decision. Yeah. So that often happens where it's like, no, I'm going to decide to do this thing. And sometimes the like last line is the decision that they make. I feel like that's a yeah. really common way that yeah. I have also ended novels. And I think that it should directly relate to like, if your novel ends with your character like making a decision, Yeah. it should be a decision that they wouldn't have been able to make 
had it not been for the the journey that they have gone on and the ways in which they've changed yeah. during the novel. My previous novel that I just finished, um, Last Nano, the uh, each each section revolves around a different character and, and does wrap up somewhat of their journey because each section relates to um, one of the stages of grief. And so in the last phase, which is the acceptance phase, it has to be her first moment of acceptance. Mm, of, yeah. Uh, so it's like on, up until this point, she was not able to accept something that she needed to accept. Mm-hmm. And then the ending came in that moment of acceptance. Yeah. So that's yeah. very cool. Well, I mean, I feel like. Yeah. That's pretty much all I got. Like, just don't be afraid to end your story. Yeah. Like, don't feel like you have to go on forever. Like, yeah. Have fun with it. Endings can be really, like, I don't know, cathartic. The I I feel like every time I've actually written an ending, it's been really satisfying yeah. and like very fun. And I generally have a good sense of like approximately where it should end. And mm-hmm. it's usually just this sort of like thoughtful moment of like I don't know, looking out over like everything you've accomplished and like being hopeful for the future and like I don't know I feel like it's usually just like a nice moment I feel like a lot of my endings tend to be like pyrrhic victories though because I love bittersweet Mm. I love when you get something that you needed but maybe not what you wanted so there is that like I'm at peace but things have changed so much that there's a little bit of that soreness of change yeah I think mine is usually like like the decision that the character makes includes the letting go yes. of something yes. either tangibly or like something that they believed or thought. Yeah. And like, like healing's painful, right? Yeah, definitely. So uh, just I think the biggest lesson, lesson, the ending of this uh, podcast lesson is <laughs> think about the question that you're asking and see if it's answered. Yeah. And if not, it doesn't have to be answered, but I feel like there has to be some sort of some sort of journey along to the answer. I often think of novels like writing a thesis or an essay in a way Mm -hmm. or stories in general because you do start with a question and you maybe attempt to answer it or delve into it or see if the question needs to change. Yeah. And when you get to the ending, you need to have addressed that question somehow. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, good luck finishing your novels. Have fun. If and when that happens for you. Uh, and uh, we're almost done with Nano. Keep, I know. Just keep keep at it. Actually, in the Discord or on, um, you know, one of our socials, feel free to message us the last line of your novel Ooh, yeah. or your story if you finished it. one this year or the last year. Yeah, so. love it. The episode is over. Wait, it's season five of Christina. What do I say? Where's my script? Give me a second, Liz. I'm still writing it. Okay, I can fill the space. Have I told you about how I'm learning to play the piano? And done. Here you go. Welcome to the end of the episode. This is Liz, who will not be talking about pianos. Hey, wait. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you want to keep up with us between episodes, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at How to Win Nano. We've also got a Patreon if you want to donate and help us keep this podcast ad-free. That's patreon.com slash Nano. You can also join our Discord server full of writers, which is super active during the nano season. Oh, tell them about our books. Oh, yeah. I have an indie publishing company called 84th Street Press, and we've published three anthologies. They feature stories written by Liz and I and a bunch of other talented authors. The newest one is called What Happened to Annabelle, and you can find it most places books are sold. This one has a bit of a spooky vibe and a heavy dose of feminism, but each anthology is a totally different vibe, so there's something for everyone. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep keep writing. writing. Now I can talk about the piano. No.
twist can be a raising of the snake. <laughs> the raising of the snakes. 